All right, what's going on, beautiful people? It is your felon to phenomenal coach, your re-entry specialist, Coach T. I'm back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. I took a little hiatus. You know, you have to take time out to do the things you need to do personally so that you can help those around you and just uplift yourself and your family. So I have a special guest in the building, and I'm glad to have her. Uh, she reached out to me and about this game and sharing your message it's about collaborations so i am blessed to have the opportunity to have this dialogue and conversation with this lady and i'm just gonna bring her on and we're gonna go from there so y'all be nice to my guests okay <laughs> hey hey what's going on miss Brittany jackson how what's are you up what's popping i'm doing good i'm feeling good um i just had my cup of coffee here so let's get into it Awesome, awesome. So just a quick introduction for the people uh, on social media. Your name is your favorite P.O. Now, who tagged that? Because I know for people on my side of the field, I don't know about favorite P.O. nothing. <laughs> you know what? I came up with that because when I started putting out content related to probation, I wanted to change the narrative of how people see probation officers. There are some, you know, some not so nice ones and there are some good ones. So I wanted to be that one say, hey, we're not all bad. I'm your favorite. OK, come over here. You can feel comfortable. This is a safe space so we can talk about the things you want to talk about. I hear that. I love that, man. It's glad to have somebody like you on the other side. Uh, before we get deep off in this thing, man, I just want to commend you and congratulate you. Two-time breast cancer survivor. Hey, yes, hey, ma'am. Hey, man, big blessings. Big blessings, man. You have a lot of energy, and I love your style, your, your social media presence and everything like that. So congratulations on Thank that. Thank you so much. Glad to have you here. Thank you. So now, how did we make the transition from probation officer to consultant? Hey, yes, let's talk about it. Let's get straight into it. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's what we're going to do. <laughs> so I was a, an adult probation officer for almost five years, okay? And while I was doing that job, I was creating content, sharing with people online on YouTube, on my YouTube channel, your favorite PO, uh, days in the life of a probation officer, things to do on probation, things not to do on probation. But this whole time, my job, they didn't know that I was recording and they didn't know that I was posting this type of content. So I documented it all on my channel, by the way, as well. But when they found out, they kind of were taken aback. They didn't want me to do it. They wanted me to take the videos down mainly because I was recording in the office without their permission. So they were like, oh, you need to take the videos down. And I didn't want to take them down. I felt like they added a lot of value. And I felt like I was being stifled in my, I guess, endeavors of what I wanted to do, what I saw for myself. So I decided not to take the videos down. And I ended up just leaving. I quit the job. And I started working with people one-on-one. There's so many people who need help. There's so many people who are afraid of their POs and they can't say certain things to their PO that they may feel more open and comfortable saying to me. So that's how it happened. That's how I became a consultant. <laughs> okay, so look, with your with your uh, consulting uh, business, I thought it was more for the probation officers and less than the client. So you're doing both? Or? Both, both, absolutely. And I'm glad you brought that up because I need to make it a clearer message as to, you know, what services I do offer. But yeah, it's for both probationers and aspiring probation officers. 
So what gap are you you trying to fill when you service the probation officers and when you service the clients? Well, for the probation officers that well, aspiring probation officers that reach out to me, they want to know how to get in the field, what's the best way, uh, how to do your resume, mock interviews. These are people who have no experience at all in criminal justice. And so they come to me as like a liaison to kind of get them in there. I have a lot of contacts with different probation officers across the country because, you know, I do the podcast. It's called Two Hats Podcast. And so I get a lot of <laughs> I get a lot of uh, inside, so to speak, information to help people get on. There's so many people who want to be in the field and they just need a little bit of direction. And that's where I come in for them. Got you. That sounds good. Man, so I peruse your YouTube channel. Uh, you got a lot of great information on there. One of the videos that stood out to me is you did one that like highlighted the misconceptions of a probation officer. And what I heard a lot in there is like the lack of accountability from the client. So can you like be clear on what is the role of a probation officer? Oh yeah. Well, we're really uh, supervising a case. Okay. So we're going to make sure that everything that the court has ordered you to do we, first and foremost, we have to make sure that is done. And then we address any issues or anything that the client may have, any risks that may cause them to re-offend. We're going to dive into that. So say you come into the office, there's substance abuse issues, or there's trouble at home, or you're homeless or something like that. We're going to address all of that. That's going to be top priority. And then we make sure that all the court order conditions are met, and we refer you. That's a big thing. We refer you to get the community service done. We prefer you to get your classes done. A lot of people come in, they don't know where to go, what to do. So that's really what the PO does. Got you. Now that sounds good. Now you highlighted the referral for whatever uh, requirements we have with the paperwork, but you kind of also mentioned the homeless thing too. And I haven't really seen too many people help in those resource areas as far as you know employment or housing or food even. So you, you do that personally, or this is like the service through, you know, through the uh, office. Okay. This is the thing, depending on where you live, uh, where you on probation at, or, you know, where you work, you know, different services, you have different services in different places where I worked, the services were limited. So that was one thing that I really hated about the job. It's like, you see so many people who need help, but then there's limited resources for you to refer these people. Um, so. We had a couple places, you know, we refer people to as far as the homelessness, you know, we refer them to shelters. Um, there were a couple of programs out there that we could refer them to. But as a PO, you can only do so much. You know what I mean? Um, it's not only just on us. It's on you as well. You know, I know you're homeless. You need help. But we, we could try. You know what I'm saying? We can't always make it perfect and make it happen. But we definitely try. <laughs> Got you. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with all the issues that go on in like the process of criminal justice system, but we know like the workloads of public defenders are heavy and things like that. Are uh, supervisors, community supervisors affected by, you know, excessive workloads? Definitely, definitely. I think COVID has kind of slowed that down for a lot of departments. Um, but yeah, there's sometimes caseloads are excessive. I could, when I was doing it, um, the most I would, Supervised at once was about 150 cases. And that's 150 individuals that you have to see every month. That's a lot of people. Yeah. Um, no. So it, it, it's not always easy. So yeah, they are bogged down sometimes with heavy workloads. 
Got you. No, it's not easy. So with dealing with all those different type of people, you know, you seem to be a, a, a very, uh, you know, a personal, uh, I mean, personal person. You know, does does being being able to manage relationships help you? You know, have I guess a successful, happy work day. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you have to be a people person if you want to be a probation officer because you're talking to people all day, every day. That is your job. You know what I mean? So before I started this job, I didn't have any prior criminal justice experience. I worked in the health field. So, but I always knew I wanted to work with people. And when I started the job, I just fell in love with the whole situation. Like going to court, dealing with lawyers, dealing with judges, dealing with the probationers. It's like, I don't know, that's my thing. It's my jam. <laughs> I got you. I got you. That's cool. Now, as far as what you've experienced or, or, had to offer as far as additional services or programs through you know the supervision was there any outside resources i mean i know i'm in harris county so a lot of the resources that they have is always inside It's, it's never like calling i don't know eric thomas or something to come out and motivate somebody they're always trying to do something within you know the program with people who lack that experience uh from our side so is that something that you think is common amongst different uh supervision uh, programs yeah i would say that it is a lot of people who teach those classes and a lot of people who get, administer the substance abuse evaluations they they haven't been on the other side of the desk you know what i mean <clears throat> so i feel like it will be beneficial if they have people who had prior experience being in the system you know what i'm saying to administer those programs but yeah i found that it's kind of the same it's always done within like in-house Great. I appreciate you for saying that. That was kind of like a plug for me so people can let me in. <laughs> hey, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, so, like, what are your uh, thoughts on, like, re-entry, uh, you know, the obstacles? I mean, I know you've seen people struggle, and I know you've seen people triumph. Uh, so what kind of views have you developed about re-entry and things that you have to share, tips for anybody? Tips? I don't know. What do you think? I wasn't ready for that one. Because <laughs> well, I feel like it's a mindset. Every, everybody's different. You know, some people are going to come in there and they want help. They want to change. Some people come in there, they already got all their stuff together. <laughs> you know, you might come in there. I've had attorneys on my caseload. Um, of course, we supervise everybody. You know, people who don't have jobs, people who have PhDs, you know, everybody in between. So I feel like it just depends on the person. But I say always go in with an open mind and, and talk to the PO. You know what I'm saying? Ask them for help. A lot of people, I think they have some pride. I don't know what it is, but they don't want to ask for help even though they know they need it. Um, even I'm that way. I can say I don't like asking nobody for help either. <laughs> but I would say go in with an open mind. Ask for help when you need it. And don't be shy to say, oh, I'm struggling. You know what I mean? I'm struggling. I need some help. Nah, that's good. That's good. Now, you definitely, I keep reiterating this. You seem to be one of the good ones as far as what I followed and then supporting everything. Are you aware of people that you might have worked with that have biases that seem to make it hard for clients? Ooh, like like coworkers? Yeah. Ooh, you know what? (laughs) (laughs) I mean... I'll keep it real with you. There, there is that. I, I've seen that. I've witnessed that. I really have. Um, but I'm, I don't want to get too much into that. 
<laughs> I no nothing wrong. Um, it was just kind of more so to, you know, support the fact that that experience is real. Uh, it's for real. Some people, aside from the accountability that we need to have on our side as far as executing our requirements and you know getting out of there and, and moving on with our lives. So that was it. I didn't have to expose nobody or nothing like that. Yeah, I ain't trying. I ain't trying to step on no toes. I ain't trying to make nobody mad. <laughs> got, you, got you. So, are you familiar with a, a lot of like the name changes they got going on? Because I know in conversation we we're talking probation officer, community supervisor, offender, client. Are you aware of those like little? I don't even know what you would what call those changes that they're trying to have to kind of change the stigma from it. You've heard of those things. Absolutely. Even when I mean, when I was working, we called our people or our defendant, we called them clients. I mean, it does make a difference. The language that you use, the verbiage that you use, it makes a difference. They were even talking about changing that verbiage in the actual court documents. Because, you know, in those court documents, it says defendant or offender. Um, so, yeah, they are making the change towards that. And I am for it. I feel like it's helpful. Oh, yeah. I think it's extremely helpful in um, relation to society as far as people being more willing to allow somebody to re-enter society and become a, a productive member, uh, kind of removing the stigma because if you're calling somebody a criminal offender, you expect that um, activity or energy from them right now. And, and that's that's our past, you know, and, and nobody wants to keep living in their past. Exactly. Give somebody a chance to evolve and move forward. Jeez. Exactly. So when you are a probation officer, do you do parole too? Or is that a whole separate uh, entity? Separate. Yeah, that's separate. And in, in Texas is separate. You know, okay. some states, they have it together. Well, that's funny that they separated because when someone is on probation versus spending time in jail or prison, that's not separated. I mean, as far as identification on the background check, I mean, they don't they don't know the difference. That's pretty interesting. That was just a side note. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I mean, some states do it together. I guess it makes sense for it to be together, but I don't know. They do it separate in Texas. Gotcha. Well, uh, you had a video and you talked about some of the things that you least like about the job. You want to care to share and reiterate <laughs> what you least like about the job? Because I mean, I know it can't be, you know, all hearts, ponies and rainbows. Absolutely not. Nothing is perfect in life, right? Right. Um, like we touched on earlier, the lack of resources makes it harder for the POs to do their jobs. Because so it's like this person, you can't you start to get attached. I don't want to say like really attached, like this is my friend, but you start to like, you see these people a lot. You talk to them a lot. So you develop a relationship, you develop a rapport. So you really want to help them. And then when there's no resources for you to actually do that, it's kind of like heartbreaking. At least it was for me. I'm like an empath. I just feel everybody's feelings. <laughs> so that was probably my, my number one thing that I didn't like. And then the paperwork, there's so much paperwork that goes into it. I felt like I was a paralegal. Like it was a lot of paperwork. <laughs> and then you can't mess it up. If you mess up some paperwork, you could potentially mess up somebody's life. Like it's that serious. You have people who check it, but it's like it's on you initially. You gotta get it right. Like if you yeah. put seven years instead of four years, that's that's a problem. <laughs> wow. So 
Um, are there grants available for programs? Did, did they allow uh, probation officers to create programs? To tell you the truth, probation officers don't really have time to do anything aside from, <laughs> from handle that case file and make sure you're getting this stuff done <laughs> in a timely manner so you can get off probation, you know, when you're supposed to. Um, you know, unfortunately, there's just no time. I feel like the higher up people, you know, they come up with that because they have the time and that's what they're there for to come up with different things. But they do ask for our input if we have some suggestions, at least in the department that I worked in. Um, when we would have meetings and stuff like that, your input was uh, allowed, but it's like you're so bogged down with what you have to do. Got you. No, I completely understand that. Uh, yeah, with 150 people trying to keep up with them on a uh, monthly, and I know sometimes they have to meet twice a month and things like that. That can be crazy. Home visits, all of that. Exactly. See, you see, it's a lot. <laughs> well, and and I wanted to bring that to attention because. I keep going back to that accountability piece because I want uh, the people that I serve to take more responsibility for their own life and stop putting so much pressure on someone that's just doing their job. So I, I was glad to have this conversation. So what classes have you seen most beneficial uh, with your former clients? Um, I would say the Thinking for Change class. Are you familiar with that? No, I'm not. No, it's like a 12 week course and they go like once a week and for two hours a day, two or three hours a day. I can't remember exactly, but I feel like it's helpful because it's not like just one of those one day, eight hour classes where somebody just going in there just to sit down and get it over with <laughs> because right. change does not happen that fast. So with the class, with the Think for Change class being 12 weeks, no, 13 weeks, you know, it gives you time to change your mindset week by week you know slowly you're learning new things and it's you know it takes what how long does it take to make a habit change a habit break a habit 30 days 30 days yeah. <laughs> so i feel like that one was the most beneficial gotcha so what kind of like resources do you use on a daily basis to you know help help your personal professional uh, growth as you service people um you know as far as your consulting I don't know what happened to the audio. It sounded like a robot. Do I sound like a robot? Um, nah, not really. It went out a little bit. Did you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you for sure, but it sounds like a robot voice now. I don't know what happened. Uh-oh. Because <laughs> I don't know if it's going to pick that up on the recording or not, but that's what it sounds like to me. Your voice changed. I don't know what happened. Really? Does it still sound like that? Yeah. Uh, you sound pretty clear. Yeah, you were sounding perfectly clear, and then then now you're not. I'm not sure what happened. I mean, we keep going. I just don't okay, know. Yeah. No, definitely, we're gonna keep going. We're gonna keep okay. going. So I was asking just about your own personal professional development. What kind of uh, work do you do to stay empowered uh, as you as you feed people and help people uh, when you con con uh, consult? I think you said, what kind of stuff do I do to keep abreast of, like, keep my knowledge up to help people? Well, not so much of your knowledge, but just like your own personal and professional development, you know, because you're pouring out into people. So how do you stay empowered to keep doing the work that you do? It's so, it's kind of hard to understand. Uh-oh. 
I thought we'd be able to keep doing it, but it's hard to understand with the voice being distorted. I don't know what's happening. I got you. Hold on. Let me see. Dang. Let me see. I'm like, is it me? Is it my phone? Because, you know, we were having audio issues earlier. <laughs> right. Nah, some, uh, I mean, I haven't moved location. I don't know. Oh, oh, oh. It sounds better. Okay. So, oh, okay. Go you got it? Hey. Okay. I no, I didn't do nothing. <laughs> I don't know. Man, this technology stuff is supposed to help us, but sometimes it's it trying to conflict. Absolutely. You know, it's, they hate Mr. Dell. You got to hate us. Hate on us. Right. Exactly. When you're doing the work. So, no, I was just asking, like, what kind of, um, what do you do for your own personal professional development to keep, you know, feeding yourself and stay empowered as you pour into other people? Because, I mean, you're doing work of service, you know, with, with consulting. So I was just trying to curious because everybody needs that type of routine. And, and I just want people to know as far as the people that I serve, it's not just us that I'm saying needs this. I mean, people just like like you do, do uh, these things to, you know, feed yourself with knowledge or meditation or anything like that. So I was just curious what kind of things that you do or books that you read or anything okay so there's an organization called appa it's the american probation and parole association so they host um annual meetings and they host classes you can go you can go in there yourself you have to pay to be a member it's not a lot it's like a little annual fee it's real small um but you can take different courses so that's what i do and of course that's appa and then of course i speak with probation and parole officers uh like I said, across the country for the podcast and they keep me abreast and they keep me informed and we always bounce ideas off of each other. Um, I'm also part, there's a Facebook group for probation officers. So we always discuss ways to make things better. Um, how can we help offenders? How can POs help each other do their jobs better? Because it's not only us helping them, we need to help each other as well. I feel like cops, you know, they have this brotherhood, this camaraderie and everybody knows the, the brothers in blue and all this stuff. And I'm like, probation officers need that too. Like, <laughs> we need some support. We gotta support each other. So that's kind of how I do that. Facts. So that's on the professional level. What about that's on the professional personally? Level. Personally, you know, my husband asks me this, like, Brittany, you give to others. Like, you gotta give to yourself too. Yes, and sir. I find that I, I don't make a lot of time for that. Mm. Um, I just find that I, don't know. I, I need to work on it. You got some tips for me? <laughs> Man, I appreciate your honesty on that. Um, <laughs> I mean, as far as personally recharging, I, I mean, I, I, I like working out and, and, and listening to music and things like that. I, I, I read um, just 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 little things like that. Just carving out that you time is especially important. So, yeah, I definitely want to encourage you to do that so you can keep doing the work that you're doing and stay jovial like you are. So, well, if you follow my Instagram page, I do like to travel, man. That is a major, major like that for me. Like I'm always on the go. I, I want to visit every freaking state there is to visit. And before I went through chemotherapy and all that stuff for breast cancer, you know, I was I'm traveling. I'm outside, okay? <laughs> that's good, man. Yeah, get that sun in, get that suntan and all that. Nah, that's really good. So, uh, you got any questions for me? Um, I do not know your entire story with being on paper, as they call it, supervision. 
<laughs> so did you have a bad experience or was your experience okay what made you decide to open up and help others well um my story goes back um since when i was a youth uh, my mother struggled with uh, drug addiction and there were times when as i was growing up she was in and out of uh, jail and i was working putting money on her books so having that experience and just the struggles of of you know economic disparities and things like that um not making the best 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 decisions and choices so i end up being on probation um twice in my life and just having to overcome the lack of character development i had and, and critical thinking um and decision making uh making making poor decisions because it was everything was like emotionally driven you know i'm, I'm feeling bad I, I don't like this i don't like that and just letting things escalate uh, to where I would just make the riskiest of, of decisions. So um, yeah, so just learning that um, and, and having anger management, which was a, a mandate on my papers, uh, even though I still had this similar spirit, it, it developed over time. But however, I didn't even know I was angry. I didn't think I was angry. But just through my, my childhood upbringing and the lack there of, of you know, support at home, uh, and things like that. It just kind of opened me up to experience some things uh, that, 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 that the streets had to offer, so say. So, um, yeah. So For those two probations, did you finish those successfully? Yes. And one was six years. Oh, you yeah. did that. Okay. <laughs> That's not easy. It's no. not easy. No, it's not. So in the midst of that, um, I did have support within my grandmother and she valued education. So I ended up still going to college and, and having a degree, I have a degree in chemistry. However, struggling with my background has, has made it uh, challenging. I'm not gonna say completely difficult um, because um, I developed those critical thinking skills and my character to where I've developed relationships to have opportunities to have a life for myself. So now I'm on the entrepreneur side of things um, because working for someone just wasn't uh, lucrative enough for me to live the life that I feel like I deserve after I've served my, you know, my, my time and things like that. Man, listen, even I feel... <laughs> It's hard out here for everybody, even people without a record, but having that, like, that title, what do they call it, felon? Mm -hmm. Like, they make it so freaking hard. They need to do away with that. Like, after a certain time, I feel like that should just come off or something. Like, after you finish your probation or your parole, I need that to come off. Except sex offenders. No, keep that on there. Um, I got that. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, they you know, I, yep, I got you. <laughs> no, I totally understand. But do uh, you have any knowledge of like uh, clearing records or expungement or anything? Is there anything they share with you all uh, as far as how, how that even works? Like, oh, yeah. You know how it works. Like, being off of probation, like, is it I have to wait five years and then I can try to do it or something like that? Yes, in Texas, you know, every state has their own little rules, their laws. Yeah, Texas is five years for felon, felonies. Mm -hmm. um, you have to wait and you have to get a lawyer to file that paperwork for you for the expungement. You have to pay for it, of course. You know, everything comes with a fee. <laughs> but after you get it done, it will be sealed. Only the only people who will see it, who can still see it, is like law enforcement officials. They can still see your record. Right. So that they will always be able to see it. 
Well, that's good to know because I have to say, man, that's why I call it a journey, you know, from, from failing to phenomenal because even though I feel like I've accomplished X, Y, Z things, you know, I just got denied for an additional life insurance policy because of my background. What? Yeah, yeah. So it, it's just crazy how long this, yeah, it, it, it carries on with us. That is insane. What did they have to do with help? I couldn't even boost my uh, life insurance policy because uh, they were uh, at, at um, my had me having the hit on the background. They viewed it as risky behavior, and they couldn't. They don't know how I'm living, so so to say. Wow, yeah. wow. So, so they it, hit you on all. They hit us on all ends. You know, try to push us out. Can't even get the freaking life insurance up. Come on now, that's just crazy. <laughs> I didn't know that. You, you yeah. just told me something new. Well, I just learned it, uh, you know, and I had to do like an appeal. I mean, it's, I'm tired of appealing. I've been, <laughs> I've been appealing all my life, you know, uh, getting jobs and having to appeal with a background and all that. So uh, it's just, it's just a tough experience. But I, I know, I know you heard stories like that. Oh, most definitely, it's hard. Yeah. It's, I mean, of course, I have family members who've gone through the same thing. Like you were saying, your mom was uh had these issues with drug abuse. Same thing here, you know what I'm saying? She was on probation. She went, uh, went to prison, you know, all of that. So, yeah, I've heard it. I've seen it, you know. Oh, yeah. It's, it's real. It's real. No, definitely. They say one in three people are affected by the criminal justice system, whether you have it personally or someone within your family. So it doesn't miss many of us. That's absolutely not. And that's why I do what I do, because I know there's so many people out here that need help. You know what I'm saying? And don't even have the right questions to ask. or don't know the right questions to ask, to even get out. Because some people don't know you can get off probation early. You can petition the court yourself to get off probation early. Some people don't know about expungement and all these things. Uh, granted, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not trying to give legal advice out here. But <laughs> it's little things like that that can help people. And they might see... You know, I'm, this is not the end of it all. You know what I'm saying? I could better my life after this. No, oh, that's really good. So, yeah, I, I appreciate your time. I don't have any more questions at this time, but I would ask one last thing if you had uh, anything to share uh, with, with the audience as far as encouragement or tips and also let the people know where they can find you. Uh, so they can uh, know what they need to do uh, about being on probation. Or if, hey, if any of uh, future probation officers follow me, I, I love y'all too. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so as far as following me, I am at your favorite PO on Instagram and your favorite PO, your favorite PO on Facebook. Same thing, Instagram and Facebook. And then my YouTube channel, I actually changed it to my name, which is Brittany Jackson. But if you type in your favorite PO on YouTube, this face will pop up, y'all. And, <laughs> and um, as far as words of encouragement, uh, for people like felons, you mean like people that are in the system? Yes. Mm, don't give up. Like I see so many people that just give up. It's hard as hell, but don't give up. Always ask for help. Even if you feel like, oh, they ain't gonna help me. They can't do nothing for me. You never know who can help you. Ask for help. Don't be too proud. <laughs> well, that good. I love that. Hey, that's simple and sweet, and that's the truth. <laughs> you quit, you know what that looks like. But if you keep going, yeah, it's possibilities are endless. 
Yeah. I ride with that. I ride with that all day, man. Once again, thanks again for reaching out. Man, I hope this won't be the last time. That it will not. It will not be. You can't get rid of me that quick. Hey, it's all good, man, because you over there killing on the TikTok, man. I need to get on the reels and stuff, uh, all that. Yeah, you do. Let's work. DM me. I'm going to DM you. You better get on it. Yes, Spread man. your message. Spread your message. I hear that, man. I appreciate that, and I appreciate you. Till next time, man. Uh, what I like to say, let's say, uh, forget society and forgive yourself. Hey, I like that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy, see you.